Hello and welcome back to the I2I podcast for episode 8. Today we are joined by I2I goalkeeper Tommy Brown. Tommy is gearing up to begin his third year with us as he looks to kick on to the next level. Tommy, thank you very much for joining us today on the I2I podcast. How's it going? It's going very well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. How's your summer been so far? It's been pretty good. It's flying by pretty quickly. I feel like uh, before I know it, it'll be start of school year, start of the season. But, you managed to unwind it and relax it all? Or have you continued with the grind in the off-season? Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a lot of time to unwind, but I was able to, to go home for about a week and a half, almost two weeks, and see some family. Take a bit of a is, it te- is, it, is that Texas? Yeah. So I went back to Dallas uh, to see my parents and a couple other people. And then I went on a, I went on a cruise for... About a week, so it was nice. And then came straight back. Cruise, very nice. Where was that too? Yeah. Uh, it was in the Caribbean, so a couple islands in the Caribbean, like Bahamas, stuff like uh-huh. that. Puerto oh, Rico. Very nice. Not yeah, jealous at all. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on, Sammy, as we always do with these uh, these podcasts, we take it right back to the beginning. Um, so can you remember when you began to play football and your kind of earliest memory? Uh, I mean, I started playing very young because I started off in a French school. And in French schools, they start at the age of two and they immediately like start with sports. So I've been playing football since I was two, um, exclusively as a keeper since I was five, just right when they uh, introduced it. As far as, you know, my earliest memories playing football, I mean, I, one of my earliest memories I can think of off the top of my head right now is probably a game we were playing like some small, you know, some small pitch. It was raining. And I remember we, we, we won like five, four or something against like the leopards or something, but very early, you know, very early, uh, very early on. And then I, I more, I more vividly remember the day when I first became a keeper because uh, basically it was like the first training session of, of, of the year. We just moved up uh, and they said, listen, we're, we've now got bigger goals. So does anyone play keeper? And I, me and my friend uh, Quentin, who I'm still friends with today, we, we both volunteer and um, that's where it all started basically. So when youngsters start playing, they usually start outfield or strike and then yeah. kind of move their way back up the field. Was that the same case yeah. with you or was it just volunteered and that was it? The rest kind of. Straight? I mean, I always like me. I, I like playing on the field. I like playing with the ball on my feet, but I don't, you know, it was just, it was more of a, they needed a keeper. No one else volunteered. I was like, I'll give it a try. And then I just fell in love with it. And even, even, you know, I was showing I was showing signs of, of me being a keeper because even when I was playing on the field before there were goalkeepers, uh, I would like sometimes I'd go up, but some, most of the time I would sit in the back. Um, I remember actually they made a rule in training called the Statue of Liberty rule, uh, where in order for a goal to count, and this is a rule that everyone uses, but in order for the goal to count, everyone had to be past halfway and mm-hmm. not standing behind posing like Statue of Liberty. So, yeah, I mean. I guess I always showed signs, but I started off on the field and I went and goal pretty quickly. Uh, so fast forward a few years to the start of your eye-to-eye journey. Um, it was actually quite a little bit different to the rest, wasn't it? As you, you came over a year earlier, didn't you? Do you want to explain yeah. why that was? Um, so it, actually, it sort of started as a joke because I was so excited to come to eye-to-eye um, that I... You know, I told the coaches and directors when I was, you know, younger about probably about I was about 15 at the time saying, you know, if I could be there now, I would. And it was, it was meant as a joke, but, you know, they responded saying, I mean, technically, you probably could come over uh, because I've got a French passport. So I don't need a, a visa, which is 
you know, a lot of the students, when they come over, they rely on getting their visa through the university. Uh, and that's how they, that's how they're able to stay in the UK. But since I had a, a French passport, I didn't need a visa. So yeah, I came over when I was 16 uh, and I finished my, well, I didn't finish. I did my entire senior year of high school online because I was ahead on credits. So I was able to just finish uh, online, get go back for graduation, even though graduation during COVID was kind of a joke. But uh, And then, yeah, I was able to get here a year early. And it, I, I think that was probably the best move I could have made in terms of my career, so far at least. Yeah, well, that perfectly leads me on to my next question, actually. Um, yeah. Obviously, you had that full year, obviously, before coming onto the programme training with Ingi and Nelly. Um, mm-hmm. Just how beneficial do you think that was, that extra year has been for your early development? I think it was very, very good for my development, especially because with 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 a lot of the, all the coaches at I2I being being so good and being such a, such great mentors in terms of developing players both on and off the pitch, but trying to to build that mentality of of the English game and understanding the difference between English and American game and building up aspects of my game, so technical, you know, uh, tactical, mental, physical early on that allowed me to be to basically get a head start on you know the first years that were coming in when I was supposed to be a first year um and it just I mean in a way it saves time but it's just it was crucial because I, I think I would have developed more uh I, I developed more coming a year early than I would have if I'd stayed in the U.S. an extra year so and on and, top of that obviously you got to meet and train with our older goalkeepers and obviously yeah. uh, athletes yeah. as well on a daily basis how good was that for you at just 16 as you mentioned it was great I mean I definitely it, it, it I definitely came in and I, I I was I was taken in by the the GK union as, as they're called at I2I and uh they're all very welcoming and I definitely wanted because I'm just naturally a very competitive person so I naturally wanted to be better and better every day and being in an environment where I was the youngest one and, you know, these older keepers are more experienced. It just drove me to, to try and develop and, and, and to, to rise to their level, basically. Was that difficult for you then, obviously, being so competitive and kind of see you're a few years behind? Obviously, the likes of Braden was there, Josh Sampson. Yeah. They were like 19, 20. Was it difficult for you to kind of change your mindset in that respect? Um. Well, I wouldn't say I necessarily changed my mindset because I'm still very competitive. I think it was more of a question of maturing and and realizing that uh, you know, as competitive as I as I as I you know, as competitive as I am, I need to strive for certain levels that are personal to me and not instead of comparing them to others necessarily. Because even it's like even now, I can't you know, if I went to train with what a great goalkeeper, will say like I don't know. Ter Stegen, just off the top of my head. If I want to transfer Stegen, I can't realistically, I can't say, oh, I'm going to be his level, you know, in a year because that's not realistic. So it was more of uh, ignoring others and just focusing on my personal development. But I still, I, it's still, you know, I still wanted to be, you know, number one in my head. But So when you got around to officially starting the program a year later, um, you joined the black team. How did you find that in your first year? Uh, it was good. It was challenging. Um, it was challenging because it's great. There are a lot of really good players on that team. Uh, and so, especially with with Blunty being, you know, a really good coach and, and, and trying to, to to push me out of my comfort zone, per se, uh, 
it was good to to get my my brain thinking faster, making better decisions, um, playing out the back more, challenging myself with my feet. So you know, just hooking it every every time mm-hmm. I, I get a pass back or a clearance or anything. So it's definitely a challenging environment. Um, and then I got to, you know, I had the privilege of being uh, alongside Vaughn, who's one of the uh, former XY keepers, and he was he was a great mentor for me as well. You know, gave me a lot of advice. Um, look after me all that so uh it was definitely I, I wouldn't take it back because I think I've I've learned a lot since being on the black team and you know obviously the black team last year was our last year so it'll be interesting to see what happens next year um obviously you played alongside overall, Noah Fusen right so I graduate is now smashed it in the USL for Columbus crew yeah. does that give you some kind of motivation obviously playing alongside him and now he's got on to greater heights yeah yeah I mean I didn't get to because he was he was um, don't he wasn't at the academy last year, which was my technical first year. Mm-hmm. He was at the academy when I was sixteen, so I didn't get to play as many games with him. But uh, from you know from what I've seen, from what I've heard, from what I've seen, and you know I still talk to him every once in a while. Uh, he he his story is is quite inspiring. So mm-hmm. you know, but it's not just him. I mean, there's plenty of others. You know, Colton with Germany, Zion, everyone's everyone mm-hmm. on the black teams had really good success. Um, you know, knock on wood, everyone on, on that team has been doing really well. And so it's just overall inspiring to see all, you know, all of them succeeding. Yeah. And as you mentioned, majority of the black team have now completed the program uh, just earlier this year. How much did you enjoy being a mainstay in that squad for three years? I mean, it, it was, it was a lot of really good memories and, you know, off the field, all, all like showcase trips, stuff like that, you know, it made some really good memories and it, overall it was, it was a pretty, you know, tight knit group. And I, sometimes I forget because I obviously I've been here since I was 16 and these guys were like 20, 21. So I'm playing with, with, with people who are, you know, three, four years older than me, but they're, they, it doesn't seem like that at times. It just seems like we're just all, you know, just a te- like one team. Um, but overall great experience. Was that, was that somewhat daunting for you going in there as a, much younger player going to put, like you said, playing with players at 1920. Was it daunting or were you kind of excited and ready for the challenge? I was, I was more excited and ready for the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known that, you know, one of the key, like the, the biggest um, key to my development is putting myself in environments where I'm not the best player, mm-hmm. where I'm being, you know, challenged by people who are stronger, faster, more athletic, more experienced. And that's how I rise. That's how I, that's how I get better is being in environments where I, I, I'm pushed, you know, so it was, it wasn't necessarily, I think at first I was a bit nervous because, you know, I'd seen the black team. And I knew that they were very, very good. And I didn't want to be the one to bring that down. Mm-hmm. So uh, I took in, and I did have a lot of issues with pressure because I'd had with me coming over so early and, you know, and because and, and I'd had such a good first year, Going into my my you know my first official year, there was a lot of pressure and a lot of sort of reputation that I didn't ask for that I mm-hmm. felt the need to you know try and, and maintain. And but but you know a lot of players took me aside on the black team and, and just spoke to me and and Blunty and Angie they all you know spoke to me on, on the side and just gave me advice and and that that all helped with just you know relaxing, focusing on just having fun and then from there it just it just sort of eased out. Is there one special game or memory that sticks out from the rest? Um, 
I think, I mean, the iconic one is uh, probably, I would say there's two. There's two. I think one would be one of my first games. I think I might have been 16 or maybe just turned 17. I played with the black team uh, against Sheffield United Academy. And we lost 11-1. Uh, and that was a that was a rough that was a rough day for me, and I, I think it was a it was a great learning experience because a is it's eye it's eye opening, you know, it shows you the difference in level and shows you where you need to be, uh, shows you how you know as good as you you think you might be as good as people think you might be, you just lost eleven one. It's a reality check. So I think uh, that one. I remember I remember after the game. I was sort of quiet. That wasn't necessarily like upset I me. Mean, obviously, I was upset. I lost eleven one. That's never a good thing. Um, but I remember sitting on the bus, and I was, I was, uh, I guess, amazed would be a word because the other, the other, you know, the other black team players, they were, you know, they were less less down about it. You know, they were like, the game's over. It's moved on. And so, and they were all just socializing in the back of the bus. And I, I remember I kept looking back at them and thinking, how could you be this happy after losing eleven one? But then I just realized it's not about, you know, being happy. It's about accepting results and, and taking them and learning from it. And then moving on is the big one is, is not letting results affect you. So the next day I came into training, you know, obviously people are going to talk about black team losing 11-1. I took it on the chin. I smelled like, yeah, we lost 11-1. Yeah, we did. Um, and I went to training, kept smiling on my face. And I just wanted to, it was, it was more of an inspiring and, a, and a, you know, putting like, coal in the fire just to, to keep keep going keep training getting better so that you know next time we play them which we might not but next time we play them it's not level one maybe it's like six one who knows but exactly. <laughs> there's that one and then another big game um that personally you know i felt sort of galvanized the black team would be when we played uh, i think it was halifax county uh at their at their pitch and it was just like hard fought game there's plenty there's plenty of other games this is just one of one of the examples i can think of but games where we just played really well as a team worked hard fought for each other you know put everything on the line and it was a tough game um and, and we ended up winning and so just games like that were you know are, are really inspiring everyone everyone plays well everyone's working together um and then after the game we're just it's just such a great feeling so those are the two you know, two sides of the spectrum that for me are make it memorable. And this may be difficult to answer, but is there one save that sticks out in your memory across the, the two, three years so far? Um, don't know. I've been, I've been asked this before. I, I don't, it's like people, people ask you, what's the best save you've ever had? I don't really have one that I can, that mm -hmm. I, you know, have on top of my head just yeah. at all times. Um, there was, I've, I've had a couple, you know, good ones that are just, key to you know keeping games or keeping wins i've i could probably you know name a couple i would say just off the top of my head i had a, a penalty save against oranges this year mm -hmm. JC. Uh, I saved, yeah against jc and i think mm -hmm. I, I saved it i think it kept the score down to maybe two, one or three or three or one nil or something, but it, it basically, it was, a, it was a good save. It was early on in the first half. And I think if I hadn't made that save, then, you know, oranges would have a lot of momentum and it, it could have changed the, the way the game ended. And I had not had a couple other, you know, big saves in that game that 
that probably affected the score. And that's that's always what, what you want as a keeper is just to positively affect the score. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that, saves like that are the ones I like. And talk about finishing on a high with the uh, with the black team. What a way to bow out winning three two at Hemsworth yeah. in the most dramatic yeah. fashion to scoring so late. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always think about I think about that game. It's a good thing he scored, but Donovan tried, you know, credit to him. He scored a great goal, but he mm-hmm. tried chipping the keeper. And I remember it's funny you say that. Like, I literally oh. watched the highlights yesterday of that game and I, mm. I saw that clip and I was like, Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> quite believe what I was saying, but he made up for it in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all we all told him we were like, if you if you if you hadn't scored and if we'd like tied or lost because you tried to chip the keeper from like three yards out. But yeah, it was a great, great game. Love it. I, I told him and I gave, you know, I told him all in the locker room before the, before the game. I was like, I don't care who we're going up against. We're going out on a win because I have this rule in everything I do. I cannot end on a loss. Anyone who, anyone who knows me, anyone who, you know, in our free time, if I play like video games with someone, mm-hmm. they know I cannot end on a loss. It's, it's, it's like a, it's an obsession. And so I was determined. I told him, I was like, I'm not accepting anything but a win today. I, we're not ending on a loss in the last game of the, of the Blacks. And it's like, you know, it was, it was sort of sort of similar after the um, the last game we played against Orange, where Orange is, you know, absolutely spanked us. And, you know, credit to the Orange is a bunch of great guys. Mm-hmm. It was it was still, you know, it was hard. To, it was a hard pill to swallow because it was, it was last time, the last, you know, last game against Oranges, and mm-hmm. we have to end on a loss. And so it's just always – but to end on a win at Hemsworth was a great feeling. Are you somewhat sad that your final year won't be spent with them, or are you kind of are you the opposite? You're kind of excited for a new challenge for your final year. I mean, I'm definitely gonna gonna. Uh, I think it's a bit of both because I'm definitely gonna gonna miss you know miss the blacks and it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. But you know, regardless of whether or not I play with them next year I'll, I'll always stay in touch with all of them you know we're all I'm great friends with all of them um I mean even even the ones who who I didn't get to to speak to as much or or, or play with as much in the first year I still consider them you know close friends you know brothers per se uh but this year I mean it'll be exciting I'm okay I'm, I'm ready for a challenge um wherever I get put it's, it's okay because I just want to see what I'm capable of. And I don't mind if, if I get thrown in, you know, thrown in straight into the fire and, and I'm ready. I'm ready for a challenge. I'm excited for a challenge. It's my last year. So I just hope it, hope it's a good and like enjoyable season. Uh, got to speak about your coach, Jason Blunt now. Uh, how much has he helped you and how enjoyable has it been playing for him? Uh, he's, he's helped me a lot. Um, he's, it's very enjoyable. He's a, he's a great guy, a great coach. And I, I specifically remember my, my first year officially with the blacks. Um, he helped me a lot in terms of how I, my play style. And he told me like, look up to keepers such as Elon Messier at Leeds and see how, how good they are with their feet playing out the back, how comfort, how comfortable, how confident. Um, and so that was really good for me, for my development, because I, I, sort of understood the game a bit more. Um, and Blunty overall has just been a great mentor to me. He's, he's helped me, you know, get opportunities. Um, some of the trials I've gotten have been through him. Uh, so he's just been, he's just been, he's just been great for me. 
you think playing out from the back is something that he's kind of instilled in you the most, kind of using your feet and, and not going long as much? Uh, I would say so. I mean, I've definitely, you know, even before I came back to I, I was playing out the back for about 50% of the time. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you go long because I've always sort of had that in locker to just boom it. So, mm-hmm. but he, he's definitely pushed me in terms of, making myself more available and not just doing like the first pass off a goal kick and being like, there you go, you guys have it. And then if they pass it back, I just clear it more like looking for the next pass. The same thing field players do basically just looking, checking your shoulders, looking at spaces, looking at pressure. Um, and I would say he, Bunty has definitely instilled at least a better uh, level of that for me. Uh, just a bit of a different segue now, touching on the education side for a minute. Um, just let listeners know what you're studying and what an average day looks like within the whole, whole programme. Yeah, so I'm studying sports therapy. Uh, and then average day for me, uh, obviously I only have, well, it depends on, on what year you're in, but I usually have class from around 9 to 12, um, three times a week usually, or, or it can be 9 to, to 10 and then 11 to 1. Um, but basically it's just, it's just classroom setting. So the first class will be a, sem- uh, a lecture and then the second class will be a seminar, which is a smaller class. Um, but I mean, it's been a great environment. My professors, especially sort of on the injury side, that's what I'm, I'm more interested in, less mm-hmm. sociology, all that more on the physiology and, and practical side of it. It's so like Dale, uh, and Jamie have been very uh, supportive in that and I've, I've been doing I got a first in all my all my grades this year so that was good can't complain with that <laughs> no can't complain um, I've got to ask you about obviously your main coach that you work with close every day now uh, head of goalkeeper Michael Ingham yeah. uh, obviously someone that pushes you hard on and off the pitch but I imagine that's kind of what you want in a coach yeah definitely um, I've known Ingy for years now I think like going on six years maybe um so he's always been like the person I go to for advice um and on and off the pitch he's been he's been really supportive I mean on the pitch he's he can be tough that's what you want because uh even with things such as fines he's just showing you what it's like at a pro club because some people some people think that Ingy's a bit strict but they don't realize that that's how it is at every single pro club mm-hmm. um and then in terms of my development, in terms of technique, everything, he's helped me in all my pillars of the game. So he's, he's been the biggest help. If it weren't, Ingy, Ingy is probably the number one reason I'm at I2I is just because for my development, I thought he, he would be the best coach. I'm sure he's absolutely loving listening to this. <laughs> You're saying what he wants uh, to I hear. Hope I, don't, I hope I don't say something wrong and get fined. <laughs> uh, it may be difficult to see for yourself, but just how much do you think Ingy's improved your all-round game so far? I mean, loads. I, I probably didn't realise it until I started seeing other first years. I mean, to be fair, the first years that, that came in with me, there were some really good keepers there, definitely. But... Um, I just had a bit more experience in the English game and I had a bit more knowledge. And what I'm trying to say is, is, is just a basic goalkeeper coach, you know, just works on technique, stuff like that can improve you, but I don't think I would have gotten the, you know, the wisdom and, and just the 
the knowledge he's given us in terms of knowing the game, decision making, just being an overall leader on the on the on the pitch, everything like that. I think I've come on leaps and bounds since being with him. And obviously, the goalkeeper union always seems a really tight knit group. Uh, in September, obviously, yeah. more will be joining. Of course. Um, yeah. What advice would you give to those coming in as first years in a couple of months? Obviously, you've said a few things that they'll probably take away, but any any specific advice you'd give to them a couple of, coming in? Um, I mean, the, I don't I don't know too many of them. I think there's one coming from Texas, but hmm. I would say the biggest thing is come in with an open mind. Complete. If you ha- if there's any arrogance or ego, drop it. Because I told I told the first years um, this year this year's first years this uh, that it doesn't matter who you are where you've played uh, anything like that you're here, now you're here so we're all on the same level we come in we're all on the same level there you're not better than anyone else here because you, if you were you wouldn't be here mm-hmm. um, so I just always tell them to come in with an open mind because you know the English goalkeeping is different than American goalkeeping and the English game is different. English game is every country is different, has a different playing style in terms of goalkeeping. And you'll see that if you go play anywhere else. Um, and so just c- to come in with an open mind, because what you think is, is the, the, maybe the best way to goalkeep uh, from wh- where you're from might not be the best way to do it here. Mm-hmm. So just come in with open, not open mind, be fit, make sure you're, you know, doing your fitness, going to the gym before you actually get here or else it's going to be a really rough, sort of ramp up but if you're already up here and then it's just uh you just ease into it that's the biggest thing probably uh i wanted to ask you about your semi-professional journey so far now obviously you featured for the likes of tagcaster albion scarborough athletic uh selby town how grateful are you as a young and -and up-and-coming goalkeeper to be given great opportunities like this uh very grateful i mean uh and once again this is where I like to thank a lot of the I2I coaches because so many of my opportunities have come, have come through them. Uh, I've only gotten two trials on my own uh, in France, but the other ones I've gotten at like Glen Torin, Knotts County, whole city. Uh, I think those are the, the main ones, but those are, those are all through I2I coaches. So I've been, I'm very grateful for the opportunities I've been given and I'm, I'm, I'm always hungry for more. Uh, but I also have to remember that I'm, I'm young and, you know, I have to be patient and, and it'll get better with time. Uh, but I'm very grateful for the opportunities I've been given. And I just, I, every, every time I go out there, I tell myself just to have confidence in myself that I'm good enough to be there. And I just have to go out and prove it and go out and show what I can do. Um, and just reset every game, reset every game and, and just build back up on positive performances. Uh, and how important do you think it is for your personal growth and development to get as much men's football experience as you can at a young age? It's huge. I mean, you have to be careful with going into men's football because you, and this is, you know, I let Ingy sort of take the reins on this is just knowing when you're ready to go men's football, because if you go in too early, you can get hurt. You can just get chewed up and spat back out. Um, it's, it's important to be physically ready. And in, in men's football is, is, is very eye-opening because one of the biggest things it does is, is it toughens you up. Um, the level of contact between men's football and academy football is, is two completely different, different worlds. And you also have to get used to playing surfaces. Uh, 
you know, at, at IHY, we, we mainly play on, on 4G, but what people don't realize is a lot of local teams in York, even semi-pro, play on, on grass, on grass pitches that aren't always in great condition. And so it's, it's a different sort of experience that you build. It's, a, it's like a skill almost. You notice that uh, older keepers have been around the York leagues for longer, are really good at reading bounces, you know, making decisions that you would make on grass, but not necessarily 4G. Like on 4G, you know, I've had a couple of like times I get a pass back and I just first time chip it over a striker. You don't want to do that on a, on a, you know, a grass pitch in the middle of winter because it'll bobble up, you'll shank it, it'll end up in a goal. So, and that's something you, that's something you just learn with, with men's football, but the experience overall has been very helpful. Uh, just finally, tell me to finish off. Uh, looking ahead to the future, I've got to ask you, obviously, part American, part French, if you're ever given the opportunity, I came down to shoes and who would you, who would you represent? I would probably, I would, I always say as a joke, I would like to re- represent the French team because I want to actually win. Uh, <laughs> and it doesn't seem as the US wins a lot. You're going to upset some but, people saying this, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. But for the record, if the US were to, and, you know, it seems like they're they're starting to go towards more younger players, which, which you're getting more success with. Um, I don't know. The U.S. the U.S. men's soccer system has a lot of issues. And I'm sure the French national team does, too. But uh, I think for the biggest issue with men's football in the U.S. is uh, is the recruitment process. There's a lot of like I played at a non MLS academy and we had players who were good enough to play on the national team, but we're told we're not going to pick you because you're not from MLS. So they had to move, you know, move states just to play for an MLS academy and then get picked for the national team. So I think there's a lot of issues in recruitment process and politics. Um, but I would, I would be, I would, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm open. Stay in France. France is number one. <laughs> yeah, but I'd rather play for France at this moment. <laughs> Good stuff. Great stuff, Tommy. Uh, so that'll do it for today's episode. Tommy, again, thank you very much for joining us on the ITI podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I did. Thanks for having me. And uh, good luck for the upcoming season. If you would like more information on the i 2 International Soccer Academy, please check out our website, www.i2isoccerecademy.com and also our Instagram page, we are at i 2 Academy.